I'm speaking to you about a different thing, but I just want to tell you I'm encouraged today as we get into God's Word together. Uh, this morning, uh, we're talking about a journey to the heart of God. Last weekend, we began this quest, and today we continue. And today, I really want to talk about the subject, hearing, hearing from God. It, it's so critical. It's so vital if you're going to make progress in your faith. And uh, I know this, there's no relationship known to man without communication. If we don't have communication one with the other, we don't have a relationship. I mean, it's just kind of void, doesn't really go anywhere. And it's the same way with our Heavenly Father. If we don't communicate to Him on a regular basis and He communicates to us, then we miss out. In Luke 8, 8, it says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, this morning, there's a lot of frequencies in this room. Uh, with uh, the amplification and microphone and systems and sound systems and there's all these waves that are flying they're invisible we don't see them just like the the waves on our television we don't see all that but there's there's, there's all these waves that are coming together and they have a focus and they come all together at a point and it amplifies the voices of the worship team or myself and these frequencies are important but they're not important if they don't get aligned and if you and I don't get aligned with the father because he is speaking he is speaking ever so loud in his earth, in his world, in our community. Even in this room today, God is speaking. And many of us have heard him today. We've heard him this week. We've heard him this month. We've heard him over our lifetime. We know what it is to hear the voice of God. And others have never quietened themselves, their soul, or gotten to know Christ, and they don't hear the voice of God, and it's a little frustrating. So today, I just want to look at a section here. If you'll open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. Will you, will you do that with me? The Gospel of Luke, the eighth chapter. And I'm going to invite you to stand this morning. We haven't done that in a long time. If you have a copy of the scriptures, and if you don't, if you'll just stand in honor of the word, but let's all stand in the room. And, and we have so many translations. Used to in the old school, I could go, let's all read together, and we would. But if I did that now, it would be gibberish. I mean, it would make no sense, and we would, it would be worse than me leading a baby dedication. Okay. Just poking at myself. Okay. Chapter 8 and verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from a town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it. And some fell on the rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. And other seed fell among the thorns, which, uh, which grew up with it and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil. And it came up, and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he said this, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. And his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. And this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. And those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. But those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. And they believe it for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. And the seed that fell among the thorn stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries and riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil, the good soul, I pray that's us. It stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, they retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. 
God bless the reading of your holy scriptures over your people. Amen. You can be seated. And you're saying, wow, man, it's a, a parable. Now, parables are rather interesting. Uh, we took a class. I remember I took a Greek class in seminary on the Gospel of Matthew. And this Greek scholar that I had, Dr. Wainwright, he would read out of his Greek Bible every day, and he would lecture and lecture and lecture. And i got to tell you, this brother was dry. You know what I'm saying? Now, he loved God, and he knew Scripture, but he was rather dry in his presentation. And I, and I sit there, and he talked about the parables all class. I mean, it, but it was powerful in the insights. And yet Jesus speaks in parables. It was those things he would take the uh, ordinary objects of the day, and he would, he would take those, and, and many people would go, huh? I don't understand. But for those who had the Spirit of God, they would be fed spiritually. There would be understanding for their soul, and they would be enriched, and they would be more vibrant, and they would move out. And yet, when I opened this verse, it said something interesting. It said that Jesus would come, and he would move into an area, and crowds would literally flock. This past week, at the leadership summit, I, I remember this now. There was a brother from, um, oh, was it so-so? I, I can't remember the country now, maybe in Ethiopia. And he was at this place, and he lived for his faith, and he was persecuted for his faith, and he was martyred for his faith. And they began to tell these stories about the persecuted church, and they began to tell the stories about how people would flock, and they only had one copy of the scriptures, but yet they had to go underground for Christ. And here's what the pastor did. He had each person take a page or a section or a chapter of scripture, and he would give it to him. He says, now go home and eat this and memorize it and meditate on it and then burn it. And then when they would come together in the underground church, out in the bush or wherever, he would convey, Isaiah 58, who has Isaiah 58 today? And somebody would rise out of the cloak of darkness, and they would quote, they would quote Isaiah 58 to the people. Wow. I have probably 75 copies of the scripture, maybe 100 in my possession. You're saying, but you're a preacher. It's your tool. It is. But I would say in this room, there are probably five or six or seven copies of Scripture in your own homes. And yet many don't ever read the Scripture. The church around the world is at a tough place, but yet sometimes in the persecuted church, it's stronger than Western world because they don't get choked up with the pleasures that Jesus talked about. But let's move into these four souls that represent the four mental attitudes today. Number one, fill it in. He would say to us, let's cultivate an open mind. Let's cultivate an openness to the Spirit of God. Let's be open to the kingdom. Let's be open to what God wants to do. Some seed fell along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. There, there's, a, there's a term, broadcasting. We know that with our radio stations. They broadcast over the waves. It's really kind of a gospel term. They would sow. They would broadcast the gospel. They would sow the seeds and it would just literally be taken away. There, uh, it, it fell in the path. And here is what I want to say to us. Be eager and receptive to hear from God. To me, it's an open mind. God, I don't hear you very well, but I want to open my mind, my spirit to you today. I want to open it to you on a more regular basis that I hear from heaven. Last weekend, we sang an old song, one of my favorites, Hear Us From Heaven. And that's what I would say to us this morning. God, let us hear your voice. An impression in our mind 
Have you had those impressions in your mind that you knew God spoke to you? It's not rhetorical. Have you had those impressions where you know God spoke to you? Oh, I've had them many times. And they come, sometimes more frequent than others. And I know that I've heard the voice of God. Now, I've not heard the audible voice of God yet. And I might not on this side of heaven. But God ever speaks to me through his word, and he speaks to me through his spirit, and he speaks to me through impressions. And we'll talk about impressions later, but there's paths here. One is hardened. It gets hardened. Let me say this. It falls on the path, and it gets hardened. And some paths get hardened by the foot traffic. They get hardened by the, the sun and the heat and, and the things of this life, and they just begin. But then there's a narrow, closed road. I, I would say to some this morning, some might have a narrow mind. And you've not opened your mind to the realities of the gospel of grace. And in that opening of your mind, in that receiving of the gospel, Christ can birth in you new today. He penetrates. He, he goes deep. But there's a couple reasons I want you to just write. I, I didn't put it in your notes. Number one, pride. You don't hear from God because of pride. And I was there for many years of my life. I don't hear God. I don't want to hear from God because I can do it all by myself. Has anybody ever been in there besides me? I can just do it. I can fix it. I can resolve. I am mighty. I am man. Think about Helen Reddy singing that song. I am woman. Hear me roar. I'm not a woman, so I'm not going to roar for you. I thought that was funny. Okay, anyway, but anyway. But you hear, and yet, yet we, we, we get this predisposition that, hey, I'll resolve it. I'll figure it out. But if you've got pride, you're not hearing from God. Here's a second one, fear. I'm afraid that God might speak. And if God speaks, if God speaks, I'm afraid of what he might tell me to do. Oh, I've been there. God, you're going to call me to leave this point and go to this place? Huh? God, that might cost me reputation, might cost me money, might cost me fame, might cost me a relationship. And yet God calls, and here's a third reason, bitterness. You've been hurt. You've been sold out. You've been hurt in the past. You had a parent die, as I did at a young age. You've been in a car accident. There's been abuse. There's been dysfunction. There's been something in your life, but you're just like, man, I'm hurt. I'm not opening up to God. But here's what I want to say to you. I want you to hear this. Hear this carefully. A bitter life that grows bitter to God is a wasted life. You can grow bitter. We can all grow bitter to God. But we hurt ourselves and we waste what God has for us. And I'm like, God, I want to have that abundant life of John 10, 10, where Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it full and have it more abundant. And I've been begging people for 33 years to follow Jesus because he's the one, the pearl of great price. He's the one that I found in my Troy dorm room. He is the one that has changed my eternity. He is the one that has changed my heart. Hallelujah to the king. And I want others to follow him. He doesn't only give me heaven when I die, but he gives me life and purpose and joy and peace and goodness and grace and mercy and forgiveness and love. And I can have a lack of bitterness and rejection if I follow him. So here it is, pride, fear, bitterness. We turn to him. But let's look at the next one. This is critical if you want to hear God. Allocate time to listen. Slow down, quiet yourself, and hear from God. Now, in, in the life we live, it's so fast and so hurried and so fast-paced and scurry, 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 and everybody goes and goes and goes, and it's hard. Like, I will say this. We, we schedule time to do everything. We have day timers. We have calendars. We have our smartphones. 
what did I do without my smartphone? You know what I'm saying? I do that thing tells me when to go to the bathroom. It tells me when to go to prayer meeting. Not, not real. I'm not that bad yet. But it tells me when to do everything. And I schedule, schedule, schedule to go to this meeting, to go here, to do this, to do that. But I want to submit this morning. If you would like to hear from Abba, schedule time. I listen to you stressed out moms all the time. We're running the soccer, we're running the cheerleading, we're running the basketball, we're running the school, we're running. And, and, and if you have multiple kids, you can just see the frantic pace on y'all's lives. And you run, run, run. Schedule, schedule, schedule. And here's what I'd say this morning. Schedule to hear from God. Slow down. Uh, when we don't slow down, God gets shortchanged. He gets shortchanged. Um, I would say this. This is the most practical thing I'll tell you today. Slow down. Open the scriptures every day and read and say, Spirit of God, speak. Word of God, speak. Speak to me, Lord. And I'll promise you one thing, God will speak. But if you don't ever slow down to read the book, how could you really expect God to speak to you? Let, let's move on here. Allocating. It's like uh, this. I hear this a lot. Pastor, I was so moved by the message last week. And I got to tell you, as a, as a communicator, as a preacher, as a pastor, that thrills my soul. Like, I didn't waste my time. And I see people down here, and they weep, and they cry, and they make these confessions. I'm like, man, praise God. But they never change. There's no transformation. I think it's because they're not slowing down. They're not hearing from God. They're not humbling themselves. I, I remember reading a statistic years ago, and this will frustrate you if you're a college professor or a high school teacher or an elementary teacher. If you're a pastor, listen to this. We forget 90 to 95% of everything we hear within 72 hours. Huh? I work so hard every weekend crafting a message to tell the people of God the truth, and you forget 90 to 95% within 72 hours. You're like, so why do you talk so long? We could just go out quicker if we, you know we're going to forget it. The thought occurred to me. You take notes. You have an opportunity to review it. Donna, I'll tell you, when I went to college and went to seminary, when I got to workshops, everybody's like, why? I, I wrote 40. Mark, are you ready? Where's Mark? Mark, I wrote 40 pages of notes at the conference we were at. How many did you write? Well, let me tell you. There, there's a big reason, and I, I confess this, Mark's a lot smarter than I am. He really is. He's brilliant. But I would venture to say over the time, because my notes, the power of the written word, I will be able to retain, pull back a lot. Now, I will ex extract the principle and share it, and then Mark will remember everything about it at that point. It's just the way his mind works. But what I'm saying is, take notes. We give you these worship guides when you come in. They have a place. Hey, it's a novel idea. Can, can you give me one? This is a cool concept. Can I tell you? Write on these. You're saying, but pastor, they're so pretty, and they're in color now, and I can look at the pictures. So can a kindergartner. Begin to write. And my wife says, you know what I like best about our new bulletin, about our new worship guide? She goes, it fits in my Bible, and it doesn't hang out. Some of you have recognized that, hadn't you? Hang on to these, man. They're truth. This truth can help you today. It can help you six months from now, six years. Anyway, let me move on. So humbling yourself, you know, get along with him. Your response to God tells, you, tells him the condition of your heart. Let's look at it this way. Other seed fell among the rocks that began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for a lack of moisture. Uh, and the seeds in the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and they receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. 
I see that all the time. People just fall away because there's no root system. Colossians says, root yourself deeply in Christ Jesus and overflow with thankfulness. I pray that prayer probably five, six, seven times a week. It just flows out of my spirit. God, I want to be rooted deeply in the riches of Christ and in his word that I might overflow with thankfulness to my heavenly father. I encourage you to do the same. Let's look at this one quickly. Eliminate the distractions. We don't hear from God because there's distractions. We're hurried, we're fast-paced, and now there's just distractions in our life. There's, there's things that keep us. There's other thoughts that come. We give God a busy signal. God wants to speak. He speaks in creation. He speaks through other people. And you're going, God, I, I'm just too busy. I, I, I can't hear you. I don't know. My mind's so crowded. It's, it's busy, God. Go, go, go. Uh, uh, no focus. Distractions, I want you to write this down. Distractions are just like weeds. They're just like weeds. Distractions, they, they just grow. They, they pull you in different directions. They, they don't take a lot of focus. I mean, weeds just grow. How many of you go home and go, I want to grow weeds in my flower bed for the kingdom? You don't. They just come up and they crop and they flourish and they multiply. And if your neighbor has weeds, have you ever noticed they blow into your yard and your yard begins to take on weeds? I mean, he's like, oh, man, distractions. But pleasures, let me say this, pleasures can be a weed. And we've been in the summer season. I love us going on vacation. We love vacation at our house. But when you vacation all the time and you vacation from the kingdom of God and you vacation from his house, you're missing because I just believe God has something here every weekend to speak to his people. How about you, church? And you, a lot of times people are like, oh, I can't believe I missed that. Well, occasionally you're going to miss. Just don't make it a regular habit. But we need the voice of God to be louder than the crowd. The crowd's loud. So it chokes out the tender plants here. It just begins to, uh, you know, in this whole thing of, of growing weeds, I mean, it just doesn't take effort. I would say this, weeds are a sign of neglect. And when you don't feed your soul and you don't pull out the things that are not healthy and you neglect spiritual disciplines and you neglect small groups that Tullish talked about and you neglect the things of the faith, you just don't get to where you need to go. But let's go to this one. These seeds here, they fell among the thorns. They represent those who hear the message, but too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. So they never grow, they never mature, they never spiritually progress. And that could be said about some of us today, maybe all of us at some season, but I pray there's a new season. My prayers, I pray there's a new wind of the Spirit blowing through the church of Jesus Christ. That disciples will mature. Let me tell you what I'm scared about in 2011 under my watch a lot of pastors were talking about it we're becoming a consumeristic church a consumer driven church with very low commitment and that doesn't please the king lord help us to eradicate those things out of our life but here look at this one this is really important for cooperate with what he says when god does speak and you have positioned yourself to hear from heaven listen to what he says and you're saying, but sometimes he says hard things. I understand. I know he says hard things. Like humble yourself and go and ask forgiveness. I don't, I don't, I don't want you. Go and do this. Go and give your money. Go and give your time. Go and have grace. Go and pray for your enemy. Hey, revengeance is mine, says the Lord. I want to change that verse. Revengeance belongs to me and Bruce. We're going to take you out, baby. How many of you want to join me and Bruce in that effort? Don't raise your hand, because that would not be healthy. No, this belongs to God. We just go, God, I'll cooperate with what you say. You tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. Let's look at this verse here. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent the honest, good-hearted people. That's you, I hope. 
that hear God's word, they cling to it, and they patiently endure, and they produce a harvest for the kingdom. They cling to the word. They resolve, they hang, they abide. Jesus, in John 15, abide in me and me and you, and you'll produce great fruit, abiding, abounding with the Almighty. But, you know, some are saying, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to cling to the word. I, I don't have a willing heart. So I just want you to write down this word today. Decide in advance to cooperate with God with what he says. Make a decision this morning that, God, when you say something, I will choose by an act of my will to do it. And what will happen at the end of this year will be great spiritual growth and maturity because you'll have some of it. You'll move on to it. Uh, in 1 Samuel, a uh, little boy, Samuel Shaddock, was here. He's named after the scripture. He's there in the home. He's asleep. And the voice of God comes, and he thought, thinks it's the prophet, and he keeps waking him up. I know you go back and lay down, and come, keep speaking. And finally, he goes, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. I've always loved that passage. And here's what I'd say to us as a congregation. Speak, Lord, for your kids listening let's make it personal speak lord for i'm listening and i believe that god will speak ever so clear if we'll quieten ourselves before him and we decide in advance that god i'll do what you tell me to do this week i was making some declarations of my own i do that a lot and like god i want to do what you want me to do i always want to do that but sometimes it just burns stronger than it does in other seasons and god i will do it but listen to this verse here over in James. James would have challenged us this morning, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. It's no good. Senseless. You fool. Nothing is going to come out of that. But when you read the word, let the word read you. That's what I'd say to us. When you read the word, does the word read you? You, you can say today, hey, pastor, I'm starting to read the word. I've been reading the word this year. I'd go, man, that's awesome. That is a great step toward the kingdom. But take another step today. I'm going to do what he says. See, I believe in this room, if we decide to do what God says, our church will be marked for eternity. Our church will be marked with a witness that our city has not seen. If a church decides to step, step into corporate obedience, one at a time. But it's a choice. I don't understand the love of the Father. He gives that to us. But let's move to this last section because I'll never get there. How does God talk to us? I want to tell you some ways God talks to us. Here it is. He talks to us through the Bible. You say, man, you're big on that word thing. Well, if I'm not a word-centric Christ follower, I ain't got a lot. This right here, God speaks through the living, breathing word of the Almighty and you have to choose to spend time in his word, not just with a pastor or a teacher conveying the truths of God or communicating and expositing the word. You have to go, God, for myself, I'll read the word. God, I'll believe you. I choose to. Look, look, look at this. I, I've always loved this passage. Read it with me off the screen. Can you do that? All scripture is inspired by God, and it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. How many of you want to do what is right? Okay, the ones that are disobedient, I understand why you don't want to do anything right. Okay. 
But almost all of you say, I want to do what's right. I want to do the right thing. What do you tell your kids? I want you. I mean, how many parents would go? Now, Johnny, I want you to do the wrong thing. I just want you to be rebellious and hard-hearted and stubborn and defiant. Bless you, Johnny. That parent needs to get locked up this morning. You go, I want you to do the right thing. They're out here teaching our children, Hannah and the team this morning, in the nursery, and they're not telling the kids, let's be rebellious for God. Let's defy our parents when they come in. Let's have a holy fit. I would leave the church too. I'll leave with you, okay? No! We want to do what's right. See, in the Bible, we have a GPS system, and it's not global positioning system. I want you to write this down. It's a God positioning system, the Word of God. It positions us to hear from the Almighty when we come to the GPS of the Word. And God wants us to position ourselves to fear the Lord, to honor Him. It's the beginning of wisdom, to respect Him, to reverence Him. It's like, did you ever hear your parents say this? I want to see if you can finish this. You don't respect us. If you did, you would do what we say or obey us. We've all used that. You don't respect me, kid. If you did, you'd do what I tell you. You'd obey us. And it's the same way that our Heavenly Father, if we really respect and have reverence for the Almighty, will do what He says. I, I wrote down this little diagram. You might want to write it in your notes. Respect era obedience era relationship. Respect. We respect God. As we respect God, we obey God. And as we obey God, we grow in the relationship that He has and destined for us so badly. And this morning, I'm just praying, man, what's your relationship? Is it, is it one with Christ? The Word is absolutely reliable. God talks to you through the Word. You treasure the Word. You ignore the Bible, you invite disaster. Write that down. You ignore the Word of the Almighty, you invite disaster and calamity on your life. I would have none of that. Will you? It's your choice. And if you long for stability in your inner life, in your inner man, begin to meditate on the laws of the Lord my delight is in him i meditate on his word day and night and then my soul might prosper as i get to know him begin to be a person of this book but let's move to this one i won't spend much time here god speaks through gifted teachers now i pray speaks through me i mean i work hard at it i went to bed last night at midnight and as i went to bed i laid in the bed and i said god i have studied i've prepared myself but god you have got to speak tomorrow. God, as I lay down tonight, my head on this pillow, I'm tired, God. Organize, reshuffle, do what you need to do to, tonight, God. And when I wake up, I'll be ready. You're saying, that's the way you preach sermons? You just shake it up and say, God, speak. I, did you not hear the first part? I said, I do preparation. But as I went to bed, I asked my father to organize it in a manner that would be clear and would be impactful and would change your life today. And you know what? I believe God's changing lives right now under the speaking of my voice. Amen? And it's God. You're saying, you're right, because it ain't you. It's not me. But let me tell you, you're saying, well, I don't know about you being a gifted teacher. Well, I'd agree with you about that. Therefore, we never stop thinking, God, that when you received this message from us, you didn't think of your own words as mere human ideas. You accepted what he said as the very word of God, which, of course, is, and this word continues to work in you who believe. This word of glory working in you. But let me go here. God gave me this for you. Okay, maybe God uses me. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe some weeks he uses me bigger than others. I'll give you that. We all have favorite 
preachers on the radio and podcasts begin to get a regular diet of the word begin to read the word begin to go to women's event just the other day christian took some women to women of faith i encourage you to get saturated with the word this year and the church said we'll do it be a church man go to events do it but look at this you're gonna love this one god speaks through pain huh? oh the father loves to speak through pain maybe because we're prideful and busy and can't slow down for him and in this pain god speaks ever so loud there's heartache this physical ache there's emotional ache there's relational ache there, there's some kind of pain in your life today and I, I read this we don't change when we see the light we change when we feel the heat when the pain of life comes how great is the pain today i'm just saying this pain will always get your attention in mind the great theologian c.s lewis says god whispers to you and i in our pleasures but god shouts in our pain pain is the megaphone of heaven so this morning don't dismiss your pain it might be for such a time as this god is using that pain to bring you to himself he's using that pain to bring you closer to his son but be open and avail yourself to the pain of god i think some of the loudest times god has spoken to me as pastor of this church for 15 years it's been in the pain times i would choose to be on the mountain and be in the joy filled time and everything going well that's when i want god to speak and he does but i think he speaks louder in the pain maybe because i'm more attentive and i'm more desperate and a trial comes and i welcome it and the trial can lead us to repentance and repentance can lead us to being refined and conformed to the image of christ god speak to us ken guyer a writer in the windows of the soul said everywhere we look there are pictures and they are not really pictures but they're windows and god can be seen and heard through these windows god is speaking are you looking are you listening let me give you this one so we god speaks through our experiences i'm having to move kind of quick here i'm just saying our experiences let god validate them our our experiences are our own experiences are unique to others but look at this last one god speaks through impressions for god speaks again and again though people do not recognize it see god speaks primarily through his word but he also gives us impressions through his word he gives us impressions in our life and we need to begin to test those impressions in life and some people are rationalists and they deny that god ever speaks to us through the mind and i wouldn't agree with them and then some are mystic they think every impression is from god and i don't think that sometimes you just had a bad pizza you know what i'm saying and they and you think god's speaking i mean you know you 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 eat, you eat garbage food sometimes it, it's not an impression from god it might be your doctor saying get a new diet bubba you know what i'm saying hey what do you think about dr tripp you you talk a lot you try to get people healthy don't you Oh, I could, he could come here and lecture for an hour, but I'm going to spare you all that because he would fuss at us and get us healthy. But both extremes are wrong, but God speaks to us. So God, give us hearts to hear. Um, Lord, help us to test the impressions. Let me, let me give this to you real quickly. Ready? Write this down. This is bonus. Test the impression that comes, whether it comes from God. There's six, there's six points I'm going to give you rather quickly. Number one, does the impression agree with the word God never contradicts himself. Luke 21, 33 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. God's word will agree with him. And if that impression confirms the word, it's from God. Number two, does this impression make me more like Jesus? 
do I conform to the Savior? Do, do I begin to follow him? Um, in Philippians 2, 5, it says, in your lives you must think and act like Christ Jesus. So if this impression makes me more like Christ, I believe it's from God. The third thing, does my faith family, does my faith community, does my church confirm this impression? Do they believe this is from God? Do they see the evidences of God working in my life as I've spoken this and I'm believing the fourth one? Is it consistent with how God has shaped me? God's given us all unique shapes and personalities and temperaments and spiritual giftings. And is this consistent with how God has shaped me? God speaks there. And the fifth thing, is it convicting rather than condemning? I want you to hear that. Is it convicting or is it condemning? I will tell you who condemns. It's the accuser of the brethren is Satan himself, and he longs to accuse you and I this morning. But God, um, listen to this, Revelation 12, 10. Satan is the accuser of believers. God, if I'm condemned, I don't believe it's from you, but if it's convicting, if it's calling me to change, I believe it's from Father. And the sixth one is, do I sense God's peace about it? Do I sense the peace of God? Uh, one writer one time says peace is the umpire of God do you sense that God's peace well this morning learning to listen to God I'm trying to take us on a journey in this series and my journey is that you will move and progress in faith to love Christ more and in this journey you will learn to take your memories of last weekend and offer them to Jesus This morning, you will begin to offer up your ears and life to hear from him. I pray that the Lord is using this message this morning. Can you bow your heads with me? Lord, this is the time that I live for that we can slow down and maybe respond to something that was said or spoken or the spirit nudged us today or he probed us or you say yes Lord I identify what pastor said today or that message was for for me I just ask you across the room today across the living room would you open your heart up to Christ Jesus do you want to hear the voice of the one who created you the one who sustained you you want to have direction and leadership in your life from the heaven, heaven's throne, you can. You establish a relationship with the Son of Glory. Do you want to know how to put your His thoughts into your mind? Do you want to know how to love Him with all your heart? Then open your heart to the Messiah, to the Savior today. You open up to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I am fearful, I am prideful, I am arrogant, I am sinful. You fill in the blank. But you have brought me to this place today to hear your voice. And I am going to be courageous today, Lord. I'm going to respond to you. I'm going to repent. That means I'm going to turn from sin. And I'm going to believe the gospel. And you will be saved. It's that easy. Calling out to Jesus take what you've done and to cover you by his precious blood there's others of you today that uh, you haven't heard the voice of God in a long time you know who you are you put your Bible on the shelf you got mad at God you got angry you quit reading you quit listening your ears got stopped up 
and you came here today and God says, I'm still speaking. I love you, child. I long to have fellowship and intimacy with you, but you would have none of it. But today, maybe you're a step closer to the kingdom. Ask Jesus even now to speak and ask him to help you deal with that. Tell him, Jesus, today, forgive me. I love you and I want to follow you from this day forward. I want to follow you afresh. The voice of God. It's not near as hard as we make it. It's really pretty simple. And he longs to speak. I'm asking you today, Jesus, to come and rule in hearts in this room. Save the lost. Convince the ones that need to be convinced some new truths. But God, move in this place until we gather again. We'll give you the praise. I pray that crowds will continue to gather, but I pray more than that, that we'll follow the Master. morning as you're sitting there, Jeff is going to come back to the stage and he's going to tell you about what we need to do in response to small groups. If, if, uh, if you're here, if you're a small group leader, if you go ahead and stand up real quick, quick and go back to your table where everybody gets there. Uh, if, you, if everybody, if you'll turn around and kind of you can look and you'll see we've got tables set up all over, all over the back of the room and, and our small group leaders have uh, come up here and spent time uh, preparing and getting ready for the fall semester of small groups and they have information about their groups and they want you to be a part of their group because if you're not a part of their group then they're wasting their time um, but it's it's vital for us uh, if we're going to really hear God speak to us and we're going to go on this journey to the heart of God it's vital that we do that together and not just by ourselves so small groups is is, is the key um, part of our church here and how we really connect with each other so I, I beg of you don't just rush out the doors um, but before you leave, if you just go by and look at the tables and find a group that fits you and what you're looking for. If you're a, a, a married couple, we've got uh, groups for married couples. If you're, a, if you're a single, we've got a group for singles. We've got a group for college students. We have group, uh, groups for just women. We have um, uh, a group of men that come and pray every time. There's, there's something for you, a way for you to get involved um, specifically for you to grow in your faith. So, um, so I'm asking everybody, you can go ahead and stand up and, uh, and, and head to the tables and, and have a great week.